Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. If you usually listen to me on Spotify and you've not been getting my latest episodes, click the Spotify link in the description so you can follow the updated podcast feed. Today we have a crazy story of nuclear revenge against a perfectionist boss. But first, sister sabotages my sleepover, so I made her use PPD dye. There was one time I believed that being a girl and having an elder sister meant that you guys would be close. Even closer than the rest of the family. I mean, who are you supposed to tell when you get your first crush? Your first kiss? Your first... you know? That wasn't the case for me and my elder sister Callie. She was a cold witch who cared more about her lip gloss than she did me. Her own sister. Yeah, this hurt, but I learned to live with it. But the last straw was when she decided to mess up my sleepover. My only chance to become one of the popular girls. And you know, I couldn't let that slide. So I punished her. In a way, she would never forget. But let's start at the beginning. My first day as a sophomore in high school was the worst day of my life. Well, before the sleepover became the worst day of my life, I had prepared myself beforehand mentally and emotionally. I told myself over and over that I'd blended into the background for long enough, and I wanted more from my high school experience. It was my time to shine, and no one was going to take that away from me. I'd gone to summer camp with my best friend Julie and some other girls in my friend group, and we'd decided that it was time for us to be part of the cool girls. We had a solid plan change our wardrobes to the latest fashion, spend some time in the gym to work on our bodies, learn how to dance so we would make the cheerleading team, and learn how to talk to people, boys especially. We had practiced all summer, and the only thing left to do was to use what we'd learned when school starts. During the summer, I told my sister about my plan and asked for some advice. She was in senior year and was one of the most popular girls in school, so any advice she could give would have been gold. But as usual, she laughed me off, telling me I could never be cool, even if I was buried in a ton of ice blocks. Whatever that meant. Anyways, back to the first day in school, I walked into the hallway trying to portray confidence. Even though I was terrified and unsure inside, sure enough, heads turned when I walked by, and for the first time in my life, I actually felt seen. That feeling didn't last very long though because, unknown to me, I was wearing the same dress as Trisha Barnes. Who was Trisha Barnes, you ask? I'll tell you. Remember when I said my sister Callie was one of the most popular girls in school? Well, Trisha was THE most popular girl in school. Her parents were like, filthy rich. I think her dad is some hedge fund broker or something. Anyways, she was also in sophomore year, but she had quickly risen among the ranks of the popular in freshman year. She wears the most expensive clothes, uses the best gadgets, and even has her own makeup tutorial on YouTube. She had over a hundred thousand subscribers. Trisha walked into the hallway with her group of friends, and immediately all eyes were on her, then on me. Everyone knew that Trisha wore only the most expensive designers and knowing that I wasn't from a particularly rich background, they quickly put two and two together. One of the girls in the hallway yelled something like, Looks like Rachel's upgraded to fake designers. Everyone laughed at me and I couldn't take the humiliation. I ran to the bathroom and locked myself in one of the stalls. 
Yeah, sure. I knew that it wasn't a designer dress. I couldn't afford a $500 dress, so I opted for a cheaper one. I didn't know there would be any consequences for that. How could I have known that Trisha would have bought the exact same dress? I didn't leave the bathroom for another hour. But when I eventually did, the news spread like wildfire. I was known as nicknamed Fake Designer Girl. I couldn't wait till the end of school. I had to hurry back home to change. Thankfully, both my parents weren't at home, so I quickly changed into a new dress and went back to school just before the end of lunch break. That didn't change much. It was already out there, and no matter what I did, the students will continue to call me Fake Designer Girl. By the end of the school day, I was so sad even leaning towards depression. The only thing that cheered me up was when my friends and I gathered outside on the school lawn to talk about the day. I was an art student, while they were offering science courses, so we didn't seem to see much during school hours. After consoling me on my major dress failure, they shared their wins of the day. Julie had the best news of all. One of the basketball jocks, Darren, talked to her for the first time. She was so excited about it that at one point she almost began to hyperventilate. That wouldn't have been a cool look. Anyways, she succeeded in playing it cool, and he asked her to see a movie with him that Friday. I was so happy for my best friend, yet so sad for my life. I wanted to be popular, and I got exactly what I wanted, just not in the way I wanted it. I went home that day, retrieved a big bowl of ice cream from the fridge, and locked myself inside my room. I watched Love Island till nightfall. I only came out of my room to eat dinner. I listened to dad go on and on about the new department head his firm employed and eventually he shifted to engage me in conversation. He asked about school and I was able to tell him it went fine. I didn't want to bring up the whole clothing incident because my parents wouldn't understand. Like literally, Callie had other plans. She cut in and told them about Trisha and how I wore a knockoff designer dress to school. Mom chided Callie for making fun of me and told me to wear whatever I wanted, as long as it wasn't too revealing. Of course, she missed the point. I finished my dinner, said goodnight to my parents, and went back to my room to finish the episode of Love Island I was watching. Callie came into the room a few minutes later and, after laughing at me about the school incident, She told me point blank that I could never be like her, and I should give up trying to. Sometimes, I wonder what I'd done to her to make her hate me so much. I think my existence alone was enough for her to detest me. Anyways, the next morning, I was scared to even wear any of the new clothes I bought for school. I reverted to my old clothes and went to school. I met my friends in the hallway and talked to them for a while. When the bell rang for the first class, we said our goodbyes and went to our respective classes. We decided to meet a few minutes after school to talk once again, because the cheerleading tryouts were at the end of school that day. We were all nervous, and we needed to support and reaffirm each other. I couldn't listen attentively in class. The tryouts were all I could think about, and when the time actually came, I was a bundle of nerves. I was strongly leaning towards giving up because of all that had happened the day before. Julie and the rest of my friends convinced me not to. We were only going to try. What was there to lose? We walked to the gym where the cheerleaders gathered every Tuesday to practice, and we signed up for the tryouts. The other cheerleaders, which included my sister, were kind of surprised to see me trying out. They giggled amongst themselves, making jokes at my expense. Even Callie joined in. But, to my surprise, Trisha, who was the leader of the cheerleading squad, didn't join them in making fun of me. 
She took my hand and pulled me to a corner. She smiled at me and asked how I was doing. Hold up, what? Here was Trisha Barnes, the most popular girl in school, smiling and talking to me. How? More importantly, why? She apologized for the day before and told me she didn't expect that I would wear something similar to hers, and she would have worn something else if she knew. What the heck? I had never seen or talked to Trisha up close till that day, but I'd always assumed that she was going to be like the rest of the popular girls, witchy and gullible, but she was different. She was nice. She told me to pay no heed to the other girls and that I should just try and do a good job. I became more confident after that. We all did our best at the tryouts, but sadly only I and Julie made the team. I was really happy and surprised that I was good enough to make the team. More happy than surprised, but still. My friends were also really happy for me. Even the cheerleaders were thrilled. The only person that seemed to have a problem with me joining the cheerleading squad was my sister Callie. She walked up to Trisha and demanded that I be removed from the squad. Her reason? Because it would be inconvenient for her to be on the same team as her little sister. She told Trisha that it was either I left or she was going to leave. And even more surprisingly, Trisha told Callie to suit herself. Callie didn't leave though, the cheerleading squad was the only way she was going to keep being popular. She couldn't lose that. After cheerleading practice, I walked up to Trisha and thanked her for everything. Then I asked her why she was being so nice to me. She chuckled and said, we like the same type of dress, which meant we had the same fashion sense. She admired girls with taste. Nothing could ruin my mood that day, not even the cold, silent treatment I received from Callie. I chattered non-stop during dinner and I didn't even care that my parents weren't following. The rest of the week passed uneventfully. The only thing of significance that happened was that everyone stopped calling me fake designer girl. Turns out it was Trisha that made it happen. How she did it was unclear to me. The next week, Trisha invited Julie and me to their table and while we were talking, Trisha said something about how she would have wished to be closer to the team. I instantly had an idea. I told them that I would be throwing a slumber party that Saturday. That was the perfect way for the girls to bond, and if I threw a really nice one, the girls would like me even more, and I would be popular in no time. The girls agreed to come, and it was decided. My room wasn't big enough for the whole squad, but some of them could sleep in Callie's room. I told my parents when I got home, and they were fine with it. I decided to cook a big dinner for the girls, which Trisha was fine with. Her only rule was to not cook anything with sesame seeds or oil. She was allergic. This was no problem because I preferred to cook with olive oil. That Saturday, a few minutes before the girls arrived, Callie decided to help out in the kitchen. This was weird, but I didn't think anything of it. I noticed that she was hovering over the cooking food, but once again, I didn't think about what she was doing. I had too much on my mind to worry about her. Eventually, the girls came and after talking for a while, we settled down to eat. The girls enjoyed the pasta a lot, but after a while, Trisha started to heave, clutching her throat. She fell to the side and fainted, much to our horror. I quickly called 911 and she was taken to the hospital. The other girls turned against me, yelling and screaming about me trying to kill Trisha. I didn't listen to them. All I could think about was how I made the mistake of letting Callie help in the kitchen. I knew that she was the one that added the sesame oil. 
It was common knowledge that Trisha was allergic to sesame oil, and Callie only added the oil to ruin my slumber party and get back at Trisha for siding with me during tryouts. I told my parents about this and even confronted Callie, but while she confessed to adding the oil, she claimed that she didn't know about Trisha's allergy, so she wasn't punished. I couldn't let her go scot-free, of course, so the next week, I gathered with my friends, and we made a plan on how to get back at her. Trisha was hospitalized throughout the week, and she couldn't attend school, which made me even more furious. We did some brainstorming, and it didn't take long for us to make a plan. Callie liked to dye her hair every month, and in a few days, she was going to dye it again. One fun fact about Callie was that she was critically allergic to PPD, the agent in some hair dye, which made it last longer on the hair. She used a PPD dye as a middle school student, and her head swelled over two times its size. It was a terrible sight then, and that's exactly what I wanted to do now. We got the hair dye, and when I got home, I poured it into her other hair dye container. All we had to do was wait a few days. And sure enough, Callie went on to dye her hair. Her piercingly loud scream woke me up the next day. I rushed into her room behind my parents, and boy, it was good. She experienced some major hair loss, but that wasn't even the best part. Her head was all swollen and it looked like a light bulb. I quickly took a pic and sent it to Julie, who then sent it to the entire school, hashtagging it light bulb. The nickname stuck for the remaining of the school year. My parents punished me for swapping Callie's dye, but the damage had already been done. When Trisha got back to school, I told her the full story and she let me continue in the squad. Callie, on the other hand, was kicked off and she had to endure the rest of the school year as the subject of ridicule among students. She didn't even go to prom because she couldn't get a date. It was all so funny seeing her struggle in senior high after her terrible fall from grace. I didn't feel bad for her once though. She got exactly what she deserved. An eye for an eye, an allergy for an allergy. It's just sad to see siblings bicker with each other to the point of sabotaging them, holding ranks in high school over each other. The saddest part is five years from now, they're going to be in their early 20s and none of that high school rank, cheerleader, popular girl junk is going to matter at all. That said, the final story of the day is, I exposed my boss to the HQ. I'm 21 and I work in a tech firm. While the place was really good, I had a boss who was hell-bent. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com on making it a living hell for me. 
Working at a tech firm has its quirks, but overall it's not a bad place to work. However, if you have a bad boss like I did, it could be your worst nightmare. I started working at the firm five years ago, and there was no day that I didn't regret working under my boss. My boss is a perfectionist, and he would push everyone to their utmost limits at the end of the day. Everyone would go home looking tired and exhausted. He would sometimes give the order that no one was permitted to go home until he had left. Then he would leave work around 8pm and everyone would be seething with anger after he had left. Well, I was putting up with it since it was every staff that was affected. However, when he started to pick on me and two of my colleagues, we decided to teach him a lesson. Such a thing could not be rushed and we could only take it slow while enduring his excesses in the meantime. I guess I should mention some of those excesses before I delve into how we set a trap for him. One of my coworkers had designed a prototype of a particular device and had taken it to him for inspection. The boss had screamed at her and told her the design was trash. A few weeks later, the manager applauded the prototype and commended our boss for coming up with something like it. The poor lady who had designed it was mortified and angry. Her design, hard work, and her sweat had been stolen right under her nose by her boss. She was aggrieved and almost stepped out, but she was pulled back by some co-workers who shook their heads at her. Even though everyone was pissed, they knew it was not the time to be impulsive and alert the boss to our scheme. She gritted her teeth and put up with it, but she vowed there and then to make him get his just desserts. Another coworker fell into that trap a few months later. He'd created a set of software that would bring the company the funds and sales that it desperately needed. With a happy and righteous heart, he'd taken it to our boss. He had been expecting to get commended and lauded. However, he was in for a rude shock. The boss outrightly tried to steal his work. This is a nice invention. I'll report it to the higher-ups and I'm sure they'll be proud, our boss said with a crafty smile on his face. Sensing trouble, my coworker Kay had stammered and stuttered in fear. But sir, I'd like to report it to the higher-ups myself. It's my work and I'd like to take credit for it. To his profound shock, the boss, sorry I must have forgotten to mention his name, we'll call him M, laughed out evilly. You want to take the credit for your work? This is the biggest joke I've heard in countless years. What credit? I'd like to break it to you, but you can only take credit and earn merit for your work only if I allow you to. If I don't, you can only swallow your resentment and do nothing. That's one of the perks of being a boss, but you'll never be able to understand it because you are forever destined to be under me. You will forever be under my boot, and I can crush you as much as I like. Now get out of my sight. Cade left his office with enough anger to boil the continent. However, underneath the anger was a hint of shame, sadness, and despair. He had thought that he would be able to gain the recognition of the higher-ups with this new invention of his. However, it seemed that M wouldn't allow him to display his talent because of his greed and jealousy. Furthermore, K had truly been heartbroken by M's last sentence. His self-esteem had taken a very huge hit and damage just from that sentence alone. He had left the office walking like a zombie with a lifeless look in his eyes. He was unable to respond to greetings from other colleagues because M's words kept replaying in his head over and over again. A few hours later, after Kay had calmed down and gotten a hold of himself, he had explained everything that had transpired in M's office. 
Rage immediately clouded everyone's face, and before long, ugly expressions could be seen on everyone's faces. It was bad enough that he was a bad boss, a slave driver, and an authoritarian. Now, he had started stealing merit from the people under him as well. This was a matter they could not tolerate. The other girl, B, who had faced a similar thing in his office, also spoke out and told everyone what M had done. Everyone was sick and tired of his excesses. The firm was known for its good reputation of treating its employees pretty well because working in the firm was quite demanding on the mind, body, and soul. Every employee had to be in peak form to be more productive. However, it was sad there was a boss who had no concern for the well-being of his subordinates. He drove them hard and made them work late hours without any form of compensation at all. Everyone was aggrieved, and some of us even thought of quitting, but ultimately no one had the guts to quit their jobs, because they had worked too hard for this company to get to its current heights, and they were not going to leave it because of one bad boss. Well, things went well for some weeks, before he decided to show his ugly side again. A few weeks later, he arrived at work extremely late, and met the parking lot filled up. The space for cars was quite small and he was quite pissed. He outrightly called three co-workers to move their dump before he called the towing company. It was yet another case of blatant disrespect and disregard for the employees of the firm. After the employees had moved their cars, he parked his car in the spot and went into his office. While some of us suggested calling the manager, no one had the guts to do it because whoever did that would be putting their job on the line and taking a huge risk. Besides, there was no guarantee that the higher-ups would reprimand him. Chances are, they would give him a light warning and that would be it, and the person who called would be left to bear his rage and wrath. There was an incident that sparked things more again. We had a rival company, and the competition between us was quite fierce. We were always trying to outdo each other. Until recently, our rival company came up with a unique device and unique software that would accompany it. The new device had taken everyone by storm, and the market was already in a rave because of it and our sales drastically dropped. The HQ had sent in their orders and we were to come up with something more superb and much more exquisite than the device of the rival company. Although it would mean hard work, working overtime, and countless sleepless nights, everyone was hyped about the job. Everyone was working hard to put things in place, and all he was doing was sitting cross-legged in his office, doing God knows what. When he eventually emerged from his office, he would suddenly start berating and scolding everybody as if we were not working hard enough. Everyone was on edge because of the stress and strain on their minds, and he was the only one looking good. We designed so many prototypes and we failed woefully. The HQ was quite disappointed and they sent a letter about it. We were quite surprised because HQ had never berated us like that, so something must be going on. However, we decided to finish the job before getting to the root of everything. So many weeks had gone by and our rival was still dominating the market. So there was even more pressure because some stakeholders of our company were starting to get impatient. After all, our sales were getting low. The pressure was thus increased and we decided to make the bosses proud. Weeks later, we worked our magic. We finally created what the higher-ups had been asking for. We pitched it to them and received approval for the production of a prototype. The device went through many rounds of testing and passed them with flying colors. 
Everything worked as it should, and HQ sent a letter to us that congratulated us and also explained everything. Our boss had been given a paycheck to pay us for our overtime, and he had directed the funds to his account. Weeks later, he had asked for more, NHQ had willingly given it, and when we failed, the blow was too much because he'd collected paychecks several times. Everyone was immediately angered at the boss. He had collected the money meant for us without compensating us. He would rather scold and berate us and put more pressure on us. During those months, he was a real slave driver and everyone had been pushed until every ounce of potential had been squeezed out of us. However, the jerk had been using funds meant for the employees to make himself look good. He had siphoned our funds for himself and he was still so smug about it. Well, everyone had finally had enough of the slave driver, and we decided to teach a lesson about his life. It was almost the end of the year, and it was then when we would have a virtual meeting with members of the HQ, and give them a breakdown of what we achieved for the year, our obstacles, and so on. We would also tell them about our goals for the upcoming year, our ideas and innovation, etc. We decided to teach the jerk an important life lesson. We decided to expose some of his dirtiest, darkest, and make sure things don't go well for him on that day, when we would have that virtual meeting with the higher-ups. We spoke to a coworker, an intern who was very good at hacking people's devices. The intern had been brutalized verbally by the boss so many times that he was out for blood. We helped him hack the boss's system and got the information we needed to make him lose all face at that time. We also reprogrammed it to show some particular things at some point during the meeting. It was surprising that our boss had some strange quirks that no one knew about. Not even the higher-ups, I think. Anyways, it was at the day of the meeting, and we had programmed the laptop to display his atrocities when it was time. One hour into the meeting, the show began. The laptop began to show his misappropriation of funds and his subscription to certain websites that left too much to be desired. The higher-ups had flared up in fury after they had discovered his secrets. They had raved at him, and we all watched with cold smiles on our faces as he got his just desserts. They could not believe that he had been committing so many atrocities under the guise of being the boss. When they discovered that he had stolen the achievement of his subordinates for himself, They became apoplectic with rage, and they were surprised that he'd hidden it from their eyes for so long. They apologized to me and my colleagues, and also asked us why we hadn't reported his atrocities over the years. I took the initiative to answer because I loathed M so much. I said, we're sorry about that, sir. However, we knew that you had so much going on, having to think of the ways to move the company forward and all of that. We felt you might not have the time for little squabbles between a boss and his subordinates. Furthermore, we didn't want to be tagged with insubordination, which is why we kept quiet and tried to endure it. What we didn't realize at that time was that he was only going to get worse since no one had the guts to call out his excesses. We hope you forgive us. With a smile on his face, one of the higher-ups nodded his head and he gave me a nod of approval. With the look of things, you were the mastermind of this show. I can't help but commend your ability to bring your colleagues together. It must not have been easy. Wait for our orders, but in the meantime, you have our permission to take control for the moment. I was quite surprised at the turn of events, and the excitement was visible on my face. 
My colleagues and I cheered while M had a look of dead ash on his face. His gaze was forlorn and he knew that it was all over for him. He had crossed the line of work ethics and he knew the higher-ups were not going to let him off. He was really in for it this time. Over the few weeks that we had yet to receive the orders from the higher-ups, I took over and he was desperately trying to curry favor with me and the rest of my colleagues. Thankfully, everyone saw through his ruse and no one paid him any heed. We knew he was just trying to avoid being dismissed from work because it would mean the end for him. It would be noted down on his file about his work ethic. He might find it hard to get a job in any tech company unless he had enough savings to build his own startup. However, looking at the miserable expression on his face, I doubted if he had such a capability. While he had quite the savings, it wouldn't be long before he'd be back in the street looking for a means of survival. It was obvious that such a future really scared him a lot, and he was trying to avoid it at all costs. But sadly, no one had any shred of pity for him. He had reasoned things too far during his tenure in office. Weeks later, he was dismissed from work, and someone else was brought to manage the branch, and I was made his deputy. The new boss learned from the experience of M, and he treated his subordinates right. Unlike M, he knew how much of a privilege it was to be working in a reputable tech company such as ours, and he decided to take full advantage of it without messing up. We had finally gotten the vengeance we wanted on M, and it was the best one ever. You know what they say, good riddance to bad rubbish, although in this case, it was good riddance to a bad boss. I mean, it was a great result in the end, but I feel like all of these workers were living too much in fear. I think all of them refusing to just go ahead and report the boss in fear of some kind of retaliation or quick action from M were overthinking, especially in a reputable company. It worked out, but it seemed unnecessary. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy story of revenge, why not check out that video on the left? Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.